0: stories, teachings, and guidance. Welcome to the Women's Moon Wisdom Podcast with your host, Rebecca Rankin. Welcome back to the Women's Moon Wisdom podcast. I am so excited for our conversation today because today we have a a friend of mine and a colleague and just amazing woman all together, Susan Renee. Susan Renee is a holistic nutritionist as well as a holistic medicine woman and spiritual coach. Um, And today in our time together, uh, Susan and I are going to discuss how to... Use food as medicine to improve hormone health. In our time together, we'll uncover how to improve your nutrition with medicinal food, along with some recommendations to start making it happen. So, welcome to the show, Susan.
1: Thank you, Rebecca. Very excited to be here today.
0: Yes. So, Susan, before we go deep, will you um, share? Will you share with the listeners just a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, thank you again for having me here today, Rebecca. Um, my name is Susan Renee. I am a holistic medicine practitioner, and I use uh, nutrition, supplementation, herbal therapy, and diagnostic testing in my practice. And I solely focus on you know anxiety and trauma relief, uh, nervous system, and hormone health in my practice. But I've been in practice now for full time at least over seven years. It's going really well loving what I do. And ultimately it's about, you know, really helping to, you know, heal uh, others and, and making this world a more beautiful place.
0: How did you yourself get into the world of nutrition and medicine, uh, practitionership? How did, where did that journey take you? How did you get to where you are?
1: Yeah, so, oh gosh, uh, it's been a long journey, right? It's probably been, <laughs> been the whole journey of life. But ultimately, um, back in 2009, I had a whole host of my own uh, medical problems, hormone issues, um, gut health issues, and, you know, being raised on the standard American diet and in Western medicine, um, you know, being on birth control for years uh, through some very fundamental years of my health. Um, I was a hot mess at, at age 23. And so I actually um, at the time was living in Scottsdale, Arizona and sought out uh, a naturopathic medicine doctor who really ignited my journey into, you know, holistic medicine. Um, So began with my own journey, you know, fixing my gut, getting food allergies out of my diet, um, you know, eating more plants, eating healthier foods and really started with the foundation of nutrition and and working on using that to not only heal my gut, but to heal my hormone health, which had been a hot mess after nine years uh, of being on birth control as well. So, I was doing that uh, when I was working in corporate America. And then at some point, I had the light bulb go on that I needed to make it my full time uh, gig. So, as I was still working in corporate, I went back to school, uh, studied holistic medicine, herbalism, meditation, all the beautiful holistic therapies um, that I now teach in my practice. And and yeah, so I left the corporate world again about seven years ago now um, to practice full time. And I'm sure along the way, you've learned so much. Obviously about
0: yourself, but also how you can be of service to others. And with your work with clients, what are some of the most common like symptoms and cases that you see um, in relationship to hormonal imbalances? Let's let's just dive in.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I, I started out more as like a general, you know, clinical nutritionist. And over these last few years, I really started getting more focus on nervous system health, gut health, um, and specifically around anxiety, depression, uh, trauma, because it's a big part of my story. And, and what I've seen is, you know, anxiety, depression um, stemming from trauma does create a lot of hormone imbalances in the body. And so when it comes to, you know, what I see presented in my clients, you know, in different cases and the di- different symptoms, I see a lot of dysregulation of menstrual cycles, you know, really abnormal, um, irregular cycles, some people bleeding, you know, too frequently, some people not uh, having cycles at all. But I also see a lot of insomnia. Um, that's been a big one lately, uh, this year, especially a lot of fatigue um fatigue's always a big sign uh that there's something amiss with our hormones and our our general health. Um also see a lot of inflammation. You know, and and presenting as, you know, inflamed joints, uh maybe some chronic pain and uh you know, of course, infertility as well is a big one that comes up. Um and and that's both, you know, I work primarily with women, but it shows up uh, with men as well. And You know, that's that's kind of on the more physical side, Rebecca, but on the emotional side, you know, because there's a lot of emotional symptoms I feel that present when there are hormone imbalances. I see a lot of lack of trust, um, a lot of fear that comes in uh, for women especially, a lot of worry, anxiety, um, and then oftentimes, you know, uh, depression and sadness especially around the time of menstruation yeah you described both
0: the the physical but also the emotional which lends itself to why holistic approaches are so important right so crucial for our well-being and for just sustainable lifestyle shifts so when you see this when you see these imbalances What is your method of
1: treatment? Great question. You know, I feel um, as you hit on a holistic approach to these issues and to these symptoms is so important. So as a holistic medicine practitioner, I'm always bringing in body, mind, and spiritual healing. Um, you know, and I, I incorporate what I call the three pillars of plant medicine as well, uh, which are food, herbs, and sometimes when it's indicated, uh, psychedelic medicines. It's kind of been a new part of my journey, but but with the body, mind, and spiritual practice, you know, it really is about setting a healthy foundation. And I always begin, you know, using food as medicine, bringing in supplementations to get the body built back up, um, bringing in specific herbs, you know, in different plants uh, to help the healing process and, and balance the body, bring it back into homeostasis. And, and from there, you know, then it's really about building in self-care practices uh, to be complementary therapies for that mind and emotional healing, you know, aspect of of the holistic approach. And then if warranted, you know, with some of my clients, we've been getting more deeply into the root causes, right? And and where does that trauma lie? You know, I work with a lot of trauma, a lot of PTSD, and we get into the root causes with spiritual healing tools um, like the psychedelic medicines, you know, things like psilocybin um, could be warranted, even some of the heavier hitters, you know, like ayahuasca and wachuma. Um, But I know that's not the topic of our podcast today, but it really is, uh, Rebecca, about that holistic approach. You know, making sure you're getting in therapies that do approach the body, mind, spirit healing. Yes,
0: absolutely. And that is um, when it becomes just so all-encompassing. And as you talk about the holistic body, mind, and spirit healing, like what would you say – Is needed when someone is starting a journey just to improve their hormone health?
1: Oh gosh. Um, There are so many things, right? I I think one of the beautiful things about working in holistic medicine is you really are always approaching each client, you know, and each care plan um, for that's really tailored to the individual. So, in the holistic realm, though, you know, when I start working with clients, I always start with setting the foundation. And, and what that means in holistic medicine is we are really reinvigorating their body's energy production, um, creating an alkalizing environment to make that happen, um, which comes from alkalizing the diet because we need a nice healthy anti-inflammatory diet for energy production. Um, we bring in food, you know, and supplements to really nourish their body and specifically, you know, the endocrine system, right? That's responsible for the hormone health. Um, As we're bringing in foods, you know, a lot of times I'm taking out foods too because we have to remove the foods that are causing inflammation and that dysregulation in the body, uh, especially food allergens, which I know we'll be talking about today. Um, And then, you know, another starting point, which kind of works in tandem with all this is making sure we calm down the nervous system and really activate that parasympathetic rest and digest, you know, side of our autonomic nervous system so that the body can heal. Yes. 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 (laughs) Um,
0: And it's it's a ton of of different approaches. And I I love the aspects of, of healing that encompass like this holistic approach. And for our listeners, let's go a little bit deeper. Can we break down some of that? Um, Like when you talked about energy production, why is that so important?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, one of the reasons that I mentioned energy production first and foremost is because you have to have nutrients in your body to produce energy because you have to have energy to heal period, end of story. So if you want to heal and balance anything, any health issue that could be going on, you always have to set the foundation in any treatment protocol um, to make sure you have happy mitochondria, which a little um, science lesson for our listeners. If you don't know what mitochondria are, they are the powerhouse of the cells. They are these tiny little organelles um, in every one of our cells that are responsible for producing energy. And they are responsible for allowing us to have energy. So if we want any healing to take place, these beautiful little organelles have to be producing energy. And they need to have the nutrients that they need to make it happen, which is why we start there first and foremost, always.
0: And so these little organelles, these little mitochondria... What is like? What are the nutrients like that uh, are needed for, by the body to help pro- produce more energy in the body?
1: Yeah, so um, always a high quality medical grade multivitamin, um, because the the mitochondria need uh, methylated B vitamins. Uh, in order to produce energy. So making sure you get that high quality medical grade multivitamins, gonna have your full spectrum of the B vitamins, but they also need things like magnesium and chlorophyll in order to make sure that they can, um, again, produce the energy that they need as well as in order uh, to produce energy, they not only need those nutrients, but they need an alkalizing environment to be able to produce energy.
0: Yeah, they need a home, uh, a, a home to live in. So you, you've mentioned alkalizing uh, diet and alkalizing environment a few times. Um, like what is needed to make the environment alkalizing in the body? Let's go into that a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, I throw around that term so much and I forget. We all don't know what alkalizing means because got to think back all the way to our science classes, probably in high school. But, but alkalizing or alkaline is synonymous with anti-inflammatory. So one thing we need to remember is the root of all disease in the body is inflammation. So on the opposite of that, Creating an anti-inflammatory alkaline environment is a must. So again, this is really done by removing toxins from the body, removing things that cause inflammation. And these can be things like uh, pesticides, herbicides, you know, from our food, you know, from conventionally grown food. So needing to choose organic, you know, to make sure we're reducing that toxin exposure. Also eating more plants, you know, uh, organic plants are very alkalizing to the diet. They're very anti-inflammatory and, you know, sadly, a lot of standard American diets are very pro-inflammatory, right? They're, they're loaded with food allergens. They're loaded with GMOs. They're loaded with hormones and pesticides and herbicides. Um, so simply by eating more organic plants, we can alkalize the body. We can turn it more anti-inflammatory, um, And also, you know, I I think I mentioned it, but removing food allergens from the diet is a big way to reduce inflammation and to move from that acidifying pro-inflammatory state over into the alkaline anti-inflammatory state. Right. And this goes right into
0: your first pillar of uh, plant medicine, which is food. Um, and I'd love to to spend some time on, on this topic for our listeners. Like, what do you recommend from a, a food perspective to help with our hormonal health?
1: Yeah, you know, again, I, I think starting with the foundation of food as medicine is so important. You know, I, I use food as my number one pillar um, of plant medicine because it is critical to set the foundation for healing, especially when it comes to hormone healing. So as I mentioned, you've really got to have the nutrients needed for energy production, which that does come from some supplementation, but it also comes from your diet. And then from there, you know, I always focus with my clients on getting in the nutrients needed, you know, for optimal reproductive health via the diet. Um, So once they have like those base, you know, energy production nutrients, the B vitamins, the magnesium, we really have to look at some of the other ways in which the body, you know, needs hormone uh, production support. So things like clean water, that one's overlooked way too often, making sure you have electrolytes, you know, in your body to get that water to the cells. Vitamins like vitamin D, vitamin K, vitamin C, um, biotin is another really important nutrient for hormone health. And then also essential fatty acids, um, because those are the building blocks of our hormones. So for each person, you know, it's going to look a little bit different um, as far as what their body needs, but these are kind of the general um, recommendations with, you know, the nutrients needed for hormone healing um, that I. I want to make sure our listeners know of.
0: Yeah. And can you share some of the key recommendations like you have for supporting hormone health with diet?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. So this is, I think, really getting into the meat of it all (laughs) with us. Right. (laughs) Um, So, you know, there's a few things to consider, Rebecca, because um, it's not just what you eat. You know, it's also how you eat and also what you need to avoid in your diet. So, um, before we dive in on all the things of what to eat, because I have a long list for the listeners today, I hope everyone's got their like notepad and ready to take some notes out. Um, but ultimately let's, let's talk about, you know, how to eat and, and what to avoid and then let's dive in, you know, to what to bring in. Okay. So, um, so when I look at it, you know, key factors to really consider, um, as I've, as I've seen it in my clinical practice when I'm working with clients um, and we're balancing hormones, eating regularly scheduled meals throughout the day, you know, is, is of utmost importance. You really, anytime you're working on hormone balancing, you need to ensure you keep your blood sugar stable that is that is a big key that's often overlooked um so making sure you eat regular meals you know at nearly the same time every day making sure you have you know a breakfast a lunch um a dinner and and for some people i bring in snacks uh it depends on the person and where their their blood sugar uh, levels are at but you know some people i have avoid snacking some people i bring in snacks really depends on the person but um one key thing I'll just mention here in this regular eating, you know, I feel that intermittent fasting has been a really big hot topic over the last few years and I can say in every case that I've worked with in hormone balancing, intermittent fasting has actually been a disservice uh to the body and has really messed up blood sugar balance and hormone production, which is why I again wanted to call out regular eating. Um is of utmost importance. And when you're thinking of how to eat, um, and with that, you know, balancing every meal I think is super important. So making sure, you know, each meal, uh, is including a healthy amount of fat, a healthy amount of protein, and also some complex carbohydrates, because that goes back into our goal of really helping to keep the blood sugar stable. Um, So that's as far as as what to eat, or not what to eat, but how to eat. So when it comes to now what not to eat, because there are a lot of things that, you know, we're putting in our bodies that can really be hormone disruptors. And when we're working on hormone health, that is the last thing we want to do is be disrupting our hormones, So reducing caffeine is a goal I always have for my clients. You know, too much caffeine can um, increase cortisol production. It can be a drain on the adrenals, which um, we need adrenal health for healthy um, hormone production. So reducing caffeine. Um, Also reducing the confined animal feeding operation meats. So what that means are animals that were raised in confined animal feeding operations. uh, These are usually the products, um, the meat products that have added hormones uh, to them. You know, they have a lot of antibiotics as well. So those added hormones, those antibiotics uh, can disrupt uh, hormones. And those Uh, Confined animal feeding operation meats also um, are high in a a product called arachidonic acid, which is pro-inflammatory. And as we talked about earlier, creating an anti-inflammatory state in the body is very important. So reducing or eliminating, you know, those non-organic meats, very important. Um, I also, if anyone out there is working on hormone health, which I'm sure they are because they're your listeners, Um, you know, keeping the alcohol consumption down or non-existent, you know, even one alcoholic beverage can raise estrogen levels um, and really disrupt the hormones. They also deplete our B vitamins, which are needed for, you know, that optimal energy production, which we talked about earlier. So I always reduce or pull out alcohol um, from the diet. I always um, also pull out conventional dairy products, you know, dairy um You know, non-organic dairy is the number one source of dietary estrogen. So if women out there are having issues with estrogen dominance or, you know, issues with hormone balancing, pulling out conventional dairy is super important. Of course, I think it goes without saying, you know, cutting out fast food, right? They're just fast food is so high in in sugar and salt and chemicals and um, some of the other things we've already talked about. But I usually will um, also reduce gluten, you know, and processed grains. Again, that's another very pro inflammatory food group, um, and they can cause intestinal permeability, mess with blood sugar. Um, always pull out like GMO, you know, and conventionally grown foods. There's just, um, again, there's just too much disruption from the endocrine system with those foods. So I also pull out things like industrialized cooking oils, you know, and like highly processed cooking oils like canola, uh, soy, you know, vegetable oils because they're very pro-inflammatory. And then also, you know, pulling out things like processed food, refined sugar. Um, And then, you know, my big one uh, that I know we'll talk about a little bit more is food allergens. Because they really cause so much inflammation in the body and fuel the dysregulation of not only the endocrine system, but the immune and nervous system as well. So it's a lot. It's a lot to pull out, um, which is why people need to work with you know coaches like us uh, on on this journey. But ultimately, those are the big no nos um, because they are all endocrine disruptors um, when we're working on hormone balance with the diet.
0: Thank you so much for sharing all those. I know for my journey, especially um, over the the years, I have eliminated a lot of different a lot of these things on, on this list from my, my diet. And, and it it can seem daunting at first, right? Even when I tell people like, I have eliminated caffeine, alcohol, um, and like gluten and some other like food allergens from my diet. And it's been a course of years, but how I feel is amazing. Right. And so as you do these things and as your hormones, are rebalanced, like you, you have this great feedback loop, right? You feel better. Then you're like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm feeling better. I feel the benefit of it. So while on paper or even while listening to this, it can sound quite daunting. Um, know that it's, it's totally attainable and sustainable when you get that direct feedback of, oh man, I feel good. So now that our listeners know like all about like how to eat and what not to eat, um, let's now go into like the good stuff and what we
1: should and, or uh, what
0: we could include in our diet.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and this is my favorite part, Rebecca, because like you said, I think once we, you know, go on this journey and we do pull out those foods and we do kind of change our eating habits, right? Then we go, well, what the heck, right? Like what's left? <laughs> um, you know, you just took away my entire diet. So what am I supposed to eat now? So this is um, what I love really sharing about because there are so many healthy foods left. Even if you pull out all the things I just, you know, went on a, a tangent about and listed, right? There are so many healthy foods to include in your diet for hormone balance. So let's talk about that. Um, first and foremost is healthy fats. You know, I, I feel like, um, you know, I was kind of a child of the nineties and there was this just I don't know, fat was so bad. Like fat got such a bad reputation yeah. in the 90s and everything was low fat, fat free. And no, 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 no. Like, yes, there are trans fats you know, are bad, right? And there are some bad fats, right? Which I say with the little air quotes. Um, but there are some really good healthy fats. So things to include in your diet because your body needs the fat to produce the hormones. Um, grass-fed, you know, organic butter or ghee. Um, If you're, if you're going to bring in dairy, if you're going to use animal products, just make sure it's grass fed, make sure it's organic, um, very nutrient dense. Uh, Looking at organic free range eggs, a great source of that nutrient biotin we were talking about earlier and those healthy omega-3 fatty acids. Um, Also some omnivore fats, you know, if people are including meat in their diet, things from pasture raised animals. So, you know, using and cooking some lard, some tallow, you know, duck fat, chicken fat, All really good nutrient-dense ways um, to bring in healthy fats to the diet. If someone is, um, you know, more plant-based, bringing in things like raw, unrefined coconut oil, um, avocados, you know, raw nuts and seeds. um, And you can even sprout your nuts and seeds as well. Um, Really great for bringing in healthy fats. Um another thing that is just missing from our standard american diets that's so important for hormone health is our ocean vegetables. You know things like spirulina and chlorella and kelp and nori, you know, some of the seaweeds. Um they are so rich in chlorophyll, which is one of those nutrients I was talking about earlier that's needed for energy production. So I love, you know, um teaching clients how to bring those into the diet in really yummy ways. Um I think, you know, talking about organic fruits and vegetables, uh, of course, you know, I, uh, like you, am a big advocate of bringing in more plants into the diet. So, you know, Making sure they're organic, though, is is really important. And when you're choosing fruits, you know, I do for hormone balancing tend to favor the low sugar fruits. Things like berries, uh, green apples are usually um, good starting points for bringing some fruit into the diet. Uh, they offer an amazing amount of antioxidant protection, but also our organic vegetables. Um I think all vegetables are amazing, so I would advocate for all of them, but I want to specifically call out and highlight our cruciferous vegetables here because they are so great at helping to detoxify our liver, and that helps with balancing hormones, making sure we have healthy hormone production. So our cruciferous vegetables are things like broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, kale. Um, so bringing those into the diet, uh, super helpful. Um Also, if we do have our omnivores out there, you know, including those organic grass-fed pasture-raised meats, all right? So things like chicken, turkey, beef, pork, you know, lamb, bison, any other wild game, all really important um, because, again, we want to make sure if we are eating meat, we're choosing organic. Uh, They offer more nutrients um, than those uh, conventionally raised ones we were talking about earlier. So a few other things I would say, um, probiotic rich foods, you know, probiotics are so important um, for so many things. We got to have a healthy gut if we want to have healthy hormones. So making sure, you know, maybe you're using a probiotic supplement, but also bringing in like cultured vegetables, Um, you know, things like uh, kimchi uh, would be a great addition to the diet, Um, sauerkraut, another one. Um there's a drink I started drinking a few years ago I love called beet kvass. Um it's pretty much like fermented beet juice. It's delicious, offers amazing probiotics. Um and then even bringing in, you know, things like kefir uh would be a great option. So I'll kind of end this list um before we go into maybe some superfoods to bring in um talking about uh you know, seafood. I think if you can get some wild-caught seafood, that's, um, you know, very important. But also when it comes to hormone production, we got to choose the low-mercury seafood. So those are going to be choices like salmon, trout, uh, sardines, clams, shrimp, uh, crab, and scallops are all going to be some of our lowest-mercury-containing seafood out there. And it all sounds so delicious.
0: <laughs> and I want to say like that before we dive, dive into like the superfoods um I love being frugal um and I love doing things uh in a way that is uh yeah, just really mindful with uh spending and I think sometimes I just want to kind of touch base on some listeners might be out there like oh yeah, that all sounds great, but organic is so much more expensive And this. I just want to say that you can do all of this in a very tight budget. Why? Because I do it in a very tight budget. And even things like the probiotic foods, think of like every culture out there probably has some sort of fermented dish that um, is part of their culture, right? You said kimchi, sauerkraut. You can do this all at home, for like next to nothing. I, we make our own kefir water. So um, other than buying the initial uh, you know, cultures, it's like the gift that keeps giving. There are ways to do this very uh, sustainably on your, on your budget too. I just wanna put a little shout out there to any listener that's starting to second guess changing their diet to something that's a little bit uh, along the lines of organic and everything. Heck, you can even grow your
1: own food. So,
0: all right, let's dive into now some of these hormone healthy superfoods. Let's dive into that.
1: Yeah, yeah, superfoods are one of my favorite things to bring in, but I do just wanna echo, you know, um, what you just said about making it affordable. Uh, even though at first it seems like, oh my gosh, I'll never be able to afford all this amazing organic food. Like that's going to blow my budget out of the water. When you start looking at the cost of processed foods nowadays, um, and, and some of the things that we're taking out of the diet, it actually is sometimes even more affordable to eat healthy, you know, produce, you know, buying organic. So, um, it is totally doable. And I, I've, I've worked with clients. I've done it myself. You know, I, I do have a budget. I keep to with my eating. So it is, um, it's really affordable um, and it can be done. So uh, yes, encourage our listeners to not be, you know, um, dissuaded at all by uh, constraints of budget. So let's talk about some superfoods then, uh, Rebecca, because I do think, you know, there are some kind of bigger heavy hitters we can bring into the diet um, when it comes to, you know, really wanting to balance our hormones. And so let's say, you know, especially for some of those who are maybe already eating a lot of the foods we just talked about, they're like, yeah, I'm eating organic produce. I'm, I'm already buying organic meat and those low mercury seafoods. So what else, right? So. Um, some of the healthiest hormone superfoods, number one I'm going to share with you is broccoli sprouts. You know, Broccoli mm-hmm. sprouts contain the highest amount of a nutrient called sulforaphane, um, and it's higher than any other um, cruciferous vegetable. So sulforaphane is great because it actually restores the estrogen receptor expression, um, and it detoxifies excess estrogen from the body. So, when it comes to hormone balancing, this is, again, one of the biggest superfoods you can add in. And with broccoli sprouts, you can add them to smoothies, you can add them to wraps, you can add them to salads. I mean, you can just eat them by themselves if you want. They actually taste quite good. Um, And a lot of grocery stores do carry broccoli sprouts. But like we were saying, you know, um, in in the name of being budget-friendly as well, you can also sprout them yourself it's super easy. Um, so, so that that's such a great superfood to bring in, um, and kind of branching off of the broccoli sprouts. We already talked about this, but I want to just dive in a little bit more on the why to eat them because, um, I think knowing the why sometimes helps us implement change. So I'm going to shout out again to my cruciferous vegetables. Um, again, things like Brussels sprouts, kale, spinach, Um, they provide a a nutrient called di methane, which we're going to call DIM for short, um, D-I-M. And DIM aids in estrogen metabolism. So estrogen is a really important factor when it comes to PCOS, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which I know a lot of women out there struggle with when it comes to, you know, hormone imbalancing. Um, And so it, you know, estrogen uh, is important when it comes to this PCOS because it is the reason for menstrual cycle irregularities. And in extreme cases, it can even cause endometrial hyperplasia. So, therefore, the breakdown of excess estrogen is really necessary um, if the end goal uh, is, you know, to overall have that healthy hormone balance in the body. So bringing in cruciferous vegetables will help with that. Um Next shout out goes to the mushrooms. Uh, Mushrooms have so many medicinal benefits um, for women, you know, and men. I mean, they work for both sexes. Um, But they do, uh, they are acting as sterols um, that can really be precursors to hormones in the body. So there are studies out there that have shown mushrooms can reduce PMS. They can ease symptoms of PCOS and endometriosis. They can boost libido and they can even enhance fertility. So the mushrooms with proven benefits in this space are going to be reishi, uh, maitake, and cordyceps. So again, reishi, maitake, cordyceps, all beautiful uh, mushrooms to bring in to help with hormone balance. So um, couple more shout outs, you know, again, to the ocean vegetables. Again, this is more about the why because we already mentioned our ocean vegetables. But not only do these sea vegetables provide much needed iodine, you know, for the thyroid gland and breast tissue and energy production, um, you know, they, they really do help the body stay free of heavy metal exposure as well. So, you know, heavy metals can be big endocrine disruptors. So making sure you bring in some ocean vegetables, um, not only for energy production, but for detoxification, you know, as well, um, it can, it can actually be really easy because you can season your food with them. Um, you can get like some kelp granules and like sprinkle it onto foods like soups and stews. Um, but you can also add, you know, spirulina and chlorella, you know, to smoothies as well if you don't want to supplement with them um all right so my next my next uh superfood highlight is going to protein powder um I will put a caveat on this one, Rebecca, because not all protein powders are created equal. (laughs) Um, So, you know, but protein is essential to really help with blood sugar stability. And as we talked about, that's essential for hormone balance. So um, many protein powders on the market do have ingredients that inhibit hormone production. So stay away from protein powders that are soy based, that are whey based, milk Based or grain-based, okay? So anything with soy, whey, milk, grain is a no-no for hormone balancing. Instead, look for things like hemp, uh, protein, even some of the chicken, beef, or bone broth protein powders. Um, Some of my favorite brands, just to help our listeners navigate the space a lot because protein powders can be very overwhelming to shop for. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of Amazing Grass, uh, Nutiva, Sun Warrior, Vital Proteins, Ancient Nutrition, or Root Um, Those are all brands that are plant-based. They have a lot of the good nutrients for hormone balance. Um, and if these are out of your budget, uh, you know, because we talked about budget a little bit earlier, I would say do not compromise on quality. You know, it's, it's honestly better to pass on, you know, protein powders than bringing in those poor quality ones um, that can inhibit your hormones. The mm-hmm. cat um, So we talked about probiotics, you know, um, again, I, I think just really want to highlight why it's one of the superfoods um, because, you know, keeping your gut microbiome thriving is of utmost importance with hormone balancing. So there's so much emerging research out there demonstrating the connection between our gut microbiome and our hormone, um, our hormone balance. So, you know, researchers now believe and really understand that certain microbes in the gut secrete and modulate our hormones to such an extent that the gut microbiota should actually be classified as part of our endocrine system, which is pretty huge. You know, that's, that's a big new frontier. Um, So, you know, making sure if you're working on hormone balance that you're cultivating a robust gut microbiome, you know, including those cultured foods, those cultured vegetables we talked about. And again, if um, budget is an issue, right, you can do that so easily at home. Um. So, one more a quick shout out to the seeds. So, I know. Um, in some of your content, Rebecca, you talk about seed cycling. You know, with with hormone balancing, and seeds really are the perfect hormone food. Right. If we think about our eggs coming from our ovaries, they are our seeds. Right. So the beauty of nature, she gives us seeds um, to help us with our seeds. So they really are the perfect hormone food. And the seeds have a compound called lignans um, that bind up excess hormones so that they can be removed from the body. Um, they're also very high in omega three fats, which help that hormone production. So they are truly a super combo. Um, some of my favorites, which I know I'm, I'm sure your listeners already know about, but hemp, chia, you know, flax, I personally bring into my diet, you know, to keep my hormones in check. Um, so yes, so that's the superfood list. I know it's a lot of options. Um, and I'm just going to add in one small caveat there if you have a delayed food allergy to any of these superfoods or any of the previous foods I listed that means they are no longer medicinal for your hormone health so if you are allergic to something do not eat it to balance your hormones cuz it's actually doing you a disservice <laughs> oh
0: that was such great information susan like thank you so much for for sharing all that and so we've we've talked about food allergens a few times and One of the ways that we connected is because you helped me with my own uh, journey through uh, food allergens. And I would love for you to quickly just let folks know about food allergy testing and how they would go about just getting that done.
1: Of course. Yeah. It's, um, you know, again, it's a really important process because if we go back to what we talked about earlier in creating the alkalizing environment in the body, um, food allergens are pro-inflammatory. So we want to get those out. And when I talk about food allergens here, Rebecca, um, as you know, but we're going to tell our listeners, I'm talking about the delayed food allergens. Because most people at this point in their life are going to know if they have an immediate food allergen. You know, they eat lobster or peanuts, you know, and they break out in hives. Delayed food allergens cause much smaller reactions in the body um, and they create more chronic conditions. And they can create things like hormone imbalance and anxiety and ADHD and eczema and depression. Like food allerg delayed food allergens um, can cause a whole host of symptoms. So, testing is really easy. Um, it is something I offer in my practice and, and would be happy you know, to offer to your listeners if they need support in this space. But ultimately, it's super simple. Um, you get a, a test kit shipped to your house, uh, you prick your finger, you drop your blood onto a couple of um, you know circles on a little sample card, and then you send it back to the lab. usually takes about 10 business days and, and we get to understand what the food allergens are. And the reason that testing is so important is because with the delayed food allergens, unlike those immediate food allergens, they can be really hard to identify with any sort of rotation or elimination diets because of they can stay active in the body for up to 60 days after ingestion. So um, again, testing is of utmost importance if someone wants to identify those and get them out of their diet.
0: This has all been so, so helpful. And I know that my listeners are, are going to get a lot out of this episode. I always like to to ask this uh, of my guests. What is one last like, piece of advice that you'd like to share with the listeners? Maybe something that, that you haven't shared yet um, as it relates to hormonal health.
1: Whew. Uh, one final piece of advice. I, I would say, remember, this is a journey you know, um, all of these changes are not going to be made overnight. And, and so my biggest piece of advice, you know, I want to leave with, leave everyone with is start small, you know, start small, start somewhere and, and stay consistent with it and build from there. You know, it really is overwhelming and near impossible to make all of these changes overnight. You know, I know your journey's been years in the making. I know my own journey has been years in the making. Um, And, and, you know, in my own practice, again, one of the most common um, symptoms I see is anxiety. So the last thing we ever want to do is for anyone to really feel overwhelmed on their journey. So, you know, keep yourself from moving into overwhelm, you know, with, with your healing and know it's just important to focus on the key changes, right, that you know you can commit to that feel joyful, right, that feel doable. Because you don't want to exacerbate your hormone imbalance symptoms with added stress, right? Or added anxiety in the process. So again, key advice: um, choose somewhere to start, start small, you know, stay consistent, build it from there, and really trust in the healing process. Because with this holistic approach, you know, and the things you share with your listeners, the things I shared today, it is possible uh, to achieve that hormone balance. Yes. And with that, have just live a life that's
0: joyful and filled with ease. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Thank you so much, Susan, for, for being here, for sharing all this with our listeners. And if our listeners want to get to know you more, want to connect with you a little bit deeper, tell us where we can find you.
1: Yeah, so uh, to start, um, I did create a little freebie uh, for your listeners here. um, And that really includes what we covered today. You know, um, so some of those hormone uh, balancing foods, superfoods, but I also threw in a couple of recipes uh, for your listeners. So they can use the link in your episode description if they want to go grab that free gift. Um, But also, we've included a link um, to free clarity call sessions with me. So, you know, we talked about food allergy testing. If anyone needs support, in that. Um, we can certainly, you know, I'm happy to support them through that. Um, also things like hormone testing, if they want to talk about that, all useful on that free clarity call, I can talk them through it. Um, So we also dropped in a link to my podcast, which I'm so excited uh, to get you on my podcast soon, Rebecca. Um, But my podcast is called A More Beautiful World. So, you know, folks can connect into more of uh, my wisdom on, you know, any anxiety, trauma, healing over on on my podcast, which is on all the major platforms. And of course, you know, folks are always welcome to follow me on the old Instagram. (laughs) And uh, we put in my handle, um, you know, for that in your episode description as well.
0: Yes, yeah, so all of those links are going to be in the show notes. Thank you for all of that and the freebie offer. Amazing, Susan, um, and thank you so much for all that you do and all that you share w- with everyone um, around the world. So this is—it's such a pleasure to have you on the show today and. Is so great to have you share your knowledge with our community thank you so much and um, and I'm eager to to be on your podcast
1: soon too yes yes me too and and thank you so much for having me Rebecca I truly hope all your listeners found this helpful um I truly hope they pop over you know and stay connected with me as well and yes very eager to have you on my pod soon um, it's my my vision it's all coming to fruition because I know you've got so much magic and wisdom wisdom um, that I'm eager to share with my listeners too. So thank you.